0: This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number four hundred four, recorded on May thirtieth, twenty nineteen. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find in your home, news reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average AverageGuy.tv studios here in a stormy, I think, like the Midwest, something like 12 or 13 days in a row. We talked a little bit about it last week, but like severe weather, I have, I don't know if we've done a two-week stretch like that in a while. Have you? Do you remember having a severe weather, not here, but somewhere in the Midwest every day for like 12 or 13 days?
1: No, no, not, nothing like this We because we had, everyone knows that Nebraska had that terrible flooding that came through right and then now it so that closed interstate i-29 between omaha and Kansas city which i-29 is a you know the major interstate runs north south here along the nebraska border and it had Finally, after months, opened back up, and this recent rain, it's closed right back down again. It, it's all flooded. Uh, actually, I was on WeatherChannel.com, and the one, the main video on there, the main news story was actually the uh, Nebraska City exit off of I twenty nine, and it's just, it looks like a lake again. Oh.
0: Well Well, uh, we are. You know, hopes and thoughts go out to those affected by the tornadoes. I think of our friends down in Texas and Oklahoma and Kansas Kansas, City. Yeah, Yeah. Kansas and Kansas City got nailed. Um, So our friends out in Indiana and Illinois and out in Ohio have been hit recently. So if you're hopefully everyone listening to this has been safe, we hope you're wish the best for you. Of course, uh, we'll post a show with world class show notes. Not a ton of them this week, but some out the average guy. .tv. Don't forget, you can join us live on the app. Easiest way to get that home, Android, iPhone, download it, subscribe. Super easy at that point. It's always, it's either streaming. No, it's only streaming. Excuse me when you get out there. So download it. We want to thank our Patreon subscribers for those who help us pay for that app. Uh, Each and every year, great way to listen on the road and get it streamed no matter where you're at. And appreciate those who help support it. Don't forget, join us in the Discord group. Many of you had, I think we're a little under 100. And really, till we get to 200 guys, I'll be honest with you, there's going to be some slow moments in the group. So I've seen a few of you post things like, it's crickets in here. And it's, well, okay, (laughs) yeah, it kind of is. But uh, that's just not enough people to keep it active all the time. So uh, bear with us as we kind of get that going. Or just know there'll be some crickets uh, from time to time. Crickets crickets aren't bad. It means it's time to go to bed. Like when you hear the crickets, like, hey, okay, maybe it's time to go to bed. So join us at theaverageguy.tv/discord and you can get the in there as well. Big thanks goes out to last week my daughter Samantha Sammy as she gets she wants people to call her I call her Samantha because I'm her dad but uh Sammy came on did a bang up job I got a ton of comments from you listeners out there who just really many of you really enjoyed her take on things Mike I think you you thought it was pretty great
1: I thought it was great I love getting her take and because I, I think it 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 was a insider's perspective, right? Or in a, in a very, I saw it as a very optimistic perspective, which is great when, you know, that that's not what we hear all the time about the uh, journalism industry.
0: Yeah, no, it was good to have her on. And she just did a great job from beginning to end. Very, very comfortable, very smooth, talked very well. She's very introverted. and And I do find as I interview people around the world, some of the best who you would think, Oh, yeah, podcasters, you got to be extroverted. You and I are both pretty extroverted, right? Right. But she's very introverted, and she just, it would it would have been hard to tell if you didn't know that, if I didn't say it, it'd be hard to tell. And she just did a great job. She had a ton of fun. So thanks for your notes. I've been sharing your tweets with her and the various uh, things you've said on Facebook and such. Sarah, I finally got a chance to listen to it uh, today and uh, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well. So we'll have her back on maybe a couple times this summer talk about more things than just um, journalism, uh, but uh, certainly she'll bring a very journalistic approach to what we do. Mike, uh, in the Facebook group this week, Brian, and it's, I think it's uh, a Bolich. am I pronouncing that right, Brian? Uh, I, he's out there in the chat room uh, tonight, or at least he said he might be doing that. But Brian uh, asked a note, he said, uh, who here owns or knows of a photo image scanner? That is three point that's a USB, 3.0, or uh has a USB input. Most uh most I've seen are sold with was still at 2.0. Surely 3.0 USB or higher would be a game changer. Yeah. And as I went out and looked at those, uh, Brian. I didn't see many two O's. Actually, I saw some of the newer ones. The newer 3Os, though. So, Mike, the one I want to look at, uh, and the one, because I thought about buying one of these kind of for the network at one point in time. You know, many of us have, uh, maybe not you, but many of those in my age probably have picture books, you know, have photo albums that still have photos from the 80s and 90s. Um, you know, we started getting digital cameras, Two thousand in there, they started getting better. Two thousand five, and of course, we forget the iPhone really changed. Like, the, began to get significant improvements. Right when the it iPhone...
1: really did. Well, in the first iterations of digital cameras, at least for my family, uh, storage was still limited on people's computers, and so a lot of times people were taking on digital because you could delete and retake. That was the benefit, but they were still taking those digital photos and going and getting them printed into physical prints because they, you know, storage and then storage and iPhone started to get, storage started to get cheaper iPhone. Then it really changed into storing your photos digitally, not just taking digital photos. Really well, changed
0: right around there. And those early cameras, those early digital cameras were terrible, just to be honest. I mean, like you could take digital photos with them, but they were just awful. You would, you get them back and you'd be like, oh, like this isn't, you know, coming off of, we had in the eighties, you know, we kind of came off the peak, I think, the peak of photography from a film perspective. So you could get really good fast, you know, you take, take pictures, put those roll, put those things in a envelope, um, you know, drop them at a photo booth or mail them in. There were a bunch of, you know, there were a bunch of mail in photo services. And I was, I, I should have, if I'd have done my research for the show ahead, of, uh, ahead of time, I would have been able to list some of those off, but I had some of those envelopes. You would get them, by mail. Snapfish, I think was probably the the most popular one. And you'd mail them in and come back with the pictures. And in in the later years, they would send you digital copies as well, right? So we kind of had that cut over. Well, I still have, Mike, dozens, hundreds, maybe even a thousand, maybe more of pictures that we need digitalized or digitized. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll buy one of these. And so the Epson Fast Photo FF 680W is the one I was looking at. And one of my thoughts was, I would, I'd buy it. It's, it's 530 bucks. I was gonna say they're expensive. (laughs) This is not your, you know, this is not your typical um, scanner, right? That you're going to get for $99. I don't think anybody buys those anymore, just to be, to be 100% honest. But um, I thought about buying one of those for the network and saying, Hey, I'll buy this uh, using Patreon funds that, that we have available. And uh, folks can send in, just send me your pictures and I'll run them through this particular one, super fast. It will scan up at 300 DPI. Uh, let's see, m- let me make sure I get this right. It scans like one a second or something like that. So it offers 300 DPI modes called easy sharing. So if you just want to rip them, get them done, three, yeah, 300 DPI. Archiving at 600 is available, and then enlarging at 1200 dpi. Handles multiple sizes, all in one batch. It handles pictures, small pictures, uh, Polaroids, postcards, anything kind of of that size, maybe even some 4 by 6 oversized pictures. I think that's the biggest um, size. Well, actually, at, at this point, it says, scanning up to 8.5 inches wide for hmm. each one of those pictures. So pretty great. Um, in USB three, it is also uh, it also is Wi Fi and and is pretty pretty fast to your network. I think Mike, as I was looking at these, I think this is kind of the one as I kind of looked at all of them and it's on a Saturday afternoon. I think this is kind of the one I'd land on. Now, let me ask you. Uh, how many do you, you have many do you guys have you and Hannah you guys have many photos?
1: No we have zero. Um, we will print some out to hang in our house, but no, we have zero. My parents have a ton in the basement we have tubs of those photos though and my parents actually do have I think it's that along that same line that Epson and those are really great. They really do crank through. I feel like Jim, I feel like we had this conversation in the past we and you had the same idea. Oh. was actually to get one for yeah. the community, and I think before though the idea was to send it around and people could use it yeah. and then you know pass along to the next person I think so i think this is I think it was about two years ago, maybe the last time we brought this up, but yeah, you definitely want the speed and I would suggest going with at least six hundred dpi uh, my my mom and I have archived a few of the things, especially you know around you know when when someone passes away, usually you you know go gather all the photos, load them in to make a book or a movie or whatever, and so we've done that and I think 600 would be about the minimum that I would do. And then on the ones you do know you want to blow up, do obviously the, the 1200 DPI, but yeah, those things crank through the photos pretty fast. You could dedicate, you know, a day to it and, and get through quite a few.
0: Yeah. I'd like to get mine in just to be honest. Uh, we've got them and I'd love to get them in and stored somewhere. It's one of those things that, that, you know, I've got plenty of, we have plenty of pictures online. I'll be honest. Most of my really good photos are on Facebook. Like that's just kind of where they seem to end up. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't, and I don't go pull them down. Um, do you know, does Facebook have an
1: archiving? Can you go and? I believe you can and download an archive of all your data. And I think yeah. it'll include
0: photos. Okay. I'm not sure I'm
1: getting, on the quality you get. I'm getting a little pixelization from you,
0: by the way. No, I don't are. know if that's you or me. It could be. Ooh, I hope it's not me. It's probably Sammy up there watching. But Sarah's probably streaming.
1: Looks She's like my. Probably. I was gonna say, it looks like my upload is, is fine as it okay. usually would be. But I guess we'll ask the uh, ask the chat room to see if yeah if they're having
0: trouble with me too. Who, who's seeing? I bet it's me. I, I bet it's me. I have to be like, God, guys. I only uh, I only podcast one week, and that's not true. One night a week, and that's not totally true. But um, so one of the here's here's some interesting thoughts. One, if you're interested, like if this would help you, kind of the thought, the current thought is, pick it up. And then for our Patreon subscribers, if you've been a Patreon subscriber, if you want to join on the Patreon site, I just do it for you. It'd be one of those kinds of things. Send them to me. Can't guarantee any speed or that they'd be done overnight, but we would drop them in there, shoot them through, drop them out to the Mediafire account. You could come and grab them and download them in. Uh, for those who aren't Patreon subscribers, just become one. And uh, that, that same kind of service could be uh, available to you. Um, if I get enough interest in this, so if you think you're interested in that, send me an email, jim at the average guy dot TV. If you think you're interested in that, let me know. Uh, and, uh, maybe I'll all, you know, consider it. it'd be kind of fun. I've got some do uh, to do on my own. I think it would be, you know, it's going to cost you a little bit to box up your photos, send them to me. It'd also be good before we start something. I guess like, let me know how many photos you have. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, of course, the more, the more you send, the more there would be, but, but Mike, there's oftentimes at night, I've got a few minutes to drop some things. These things I think will, will, will hold maybe 50 at a time and uh, find some way to drop them. And they probably wouldn't all come at the same time, you know? So uh, Brian says the, the video is fine there. So maybe it's just me. So uh, let me know, Jim at the average TV And uh, we, we know Mike won't have to worry about it because he's. He is, uh, he didn't have any photos. Uh, Zero. But Mike, yeah. you're,
1: you're, I think you're the exception, just to be honest with you. Well, maybe not for my age group though, right? Cause I'm, I'm 28. Yeah. So I think for me, digital cameras have been around even since I was young enough to take photos in high school really was when you start really taking those photos. I've had digital. So I think most people in my age don't have any print photos besides the one we've printed for, for frames my parents, like I said, have a ton. Yeah. So if you look no, at my childhood, my childhood is printed out in photos, right? Yeah. So.
0: yeah. I just like to get some of them protected and uploaded
1: somewhere. Right. It,
0: it would give me a, give me reason to kind of start thinking through, okay, where are all my photos? And then the other question comes in. So, so Brian, I hope that helped. I'll have a link to that printer in the show notes, but if you think you're going to buy one, maybe hold off. Maybe we'll do it as a community thing and, and uh, be kind of fun. Um. What was I going to say? So pictures. Oh, so, uh, Mike, one of the things you don't have to think about, but I have to start thinking about, is I've got all these pictures with kids in them. And I want to actually make them available to the kids in a way where they can get access to them, too. Well, Google's figured all that out. And now they're doing facial recognition. And you can kind of collect all the pictures that have those faces in them and then share those pictures based with an account um, on Google. It makes it super easy to share those out. I think I would put them in Google, and then tell the kids, "Come get them! Like this is your chance. <laughs> I'm going to have them. I'm going to keep them. But you know, you might want to come grab the ones that you want now. If your dad say you they digitalized your childhood, would you go out and grab your the your 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 files and bring them in?
1: Definitely 100%. Those are actually photos that I actually want on a pretty regular basis uh, for one reason or another, even yeah. to compare to my kiddos. Right. Like, so now that I have the kids, I want to compare the, the child photos, and I would love having an archive of those.
0: Might also be helpful. I'm going to set a price alert. I'll probably go to Slick Deals and put in some price alerts for some of the equipment like this. Certainly, if 5 is full price, might be, you know, 4, $4.50. Uh, $3.99 on a barn burner uh, kind of deal. You know, who knows? So if you find it cheaper, if you got a different way to do it, if you want to say, hey, Jim, that's a Cadillac, here's another one that would do it pretty well. Again, send me an email, Jim, at TheAverageGuy.tv. Love to kind of start that discussion going around. Mike, I was at Menards the other day. Menards is a local big box hardware store here in in uh, the Midwest. I think they're out of Madison, Wisconsin, or something like that. And they... um. <laughs> I was going by their clearance aisle and had these big gigantic wheels that had, you know, that you would attach to some kind of, um, whatever that you want, some kind of cart or whatever. And I thought, oh, these would be perfect for my robot lawnmower. (laughs) You still got that on the brain, huh? I do. I do. I do. Although I've almost twice now given that mower away to my son. He doesn't have one. And I'm like, dude, replace the battery and it's yours, you know? But yeah, that was one of those things, uh, that reminded me, oh, So I don't know. We'll have to get that figured out. Last week, we spent a little bit of time in a conversation with my daughter about Pokemon, and uh, Pokemon has kind of gotten her out of the house, which has been actually, which has been good for her summer here. So she gets out at different times during the day, and we talked about this last week, she goes and hunts it down. But uh, according to The Verge, Pokemon is getting a new cloud service, which is supposed to really help with a lot of the things that they're doing that way. And in a game that you play uh, by sleeping, which is kind of interesting, it says in an event built as a preview to the future of Pokémon, which I don't know if that should ever be a sentence. But anyways, today, Pokémon Company, I didn't know it was a company, revealed a slate of new experiences, including a robust new cloud service and a plan to turn sleeping into entertainment. To start, there's a new game that's launching in 2020 called Pokémon Sleep. where where your sleep will impact gameplay. This is kind of super interesting. We're gamifying
1: everything now. No, I know, but
0: this this actually may be really good, like this gamification of sleep. The goal, according to the company, is to give players a reason to look forward to waking up in the morning. The company has also partnered with Nintendo on a new sleep tracking device called the Pokemon Go Plus that will connect to the popular mobile game, which itself will receive gameplay updates Designed around sleep and rest. Other than that, there aren't a lot of details on the device just yet, nor the game itself. Interesting. um, Like, I keep hearing, and I I mentioned this uh, on Ask the Podcast Coach the other day, and I might even mention in a podcast either this one or two times ago, that I've really been intentionally going to bed earlier. Did you remember that conversation? Did we have this? Yeah. And you said
1: how much of an impact it was having on you. Oh, my God.
0: Like... It, it's just different. And nowadays, like last night, I stayed up late. I was goofing around. I got in a, was it last night, two nights ago? I think two nights ago. Got in a little email argument with somebody and it really bothered me. And so I had trouble going to sleep and it was probably one before I got in bed. I was up at 6.30. Ruined my whole day. Now, since every day had been ruined in the past, like I didn't, I didn't know any different. I was always going to bed at one or 12.30 and, and, um, you know, waking up at six or 6.30. And I just didn't feel any different. And now over the last couple of weeks is I've been really intentionally trying to get some rest. Man, does it make a gigantic difference during the day. My son, my oldest son, Phil, who we should have on the podcast sometime. He is Mr. Responsibility. And he gets super grumpy during the day if he doesn't, if he thinks he's going to get to bed late, he gets really grumpy because he's figured this out, too. So it's kind of interesting, and I think not not a bad idea to incent. And we're finding in our well-being data at Gallup that sleep is such an important part of recovery. It's such an important part of brain function. It's safety, the way people interact with each other. I mean, it's no no um, no surprise when we don't get a lot of sleep. Our interactions with each other are terrible. Mike, what do you think about the gamification of sleep?
1: I love it. I mean, because you and I found out because you and I, I don't know if you're still using yours, but for a while there, I was using the sleep tracker and really was trying to, because the way that my sleep tracker did it was the same as the fitness rings on the Apple Watch, but you were filling rings for sleep. And uh, it it kind of got me interested in sleeping more and kind of getting that, oh man, okay, I, I, I didn't close the ring last night. Maybe I could do it tonight kind of thing. And it helped getting a bit early and you're totally right. The it, it does make a difference. Um, now, with, with two kids under the age of three, it's a little harder, right, to get that sleep in. Mm-hmm. So but when I can, it feels fantastic. If, if I could, Hannah and I would be in bed by eight every night. It's, it's,
0: it's hard to do it. Super hard. It's well, especially really hard, for yeah. guys
1: like you and me, Jim. We love we love YouTube rabbit holes. Uh, we love getting you know fixing an issue, right? Something tech breaks, or if we're doing something with crypto, we we have stuff that we could stay up literally all night doing if we let ourselves. Yeah, you and I kind of have those kind of hobbies. So it's hard for guys like you and me to kind of shut it off and go to bed and be disciplined.
0: Mm-hmm. I've been trying to shut it down by ten each night, and that that gets me. And I'm up at six thirty. I don't get in bed at ten, but. That gives me that kind of eight. I was in the military with a guy. uh, His name was John Brown. And I never really knew how old John Brown was until I asked him one day. John looked like he was 14. I mean, he was super young. And one day I said, I don't know why we were talking about it. Oh, he would always, I'd be like, hey, you want to go do something? And John, no, I got to go back. I got to go to bed. And one time I was like, dude, it's like 7.30. He's like, I know, but the weekends is when I get my sleep. Like, what does that mean? And he's like, well, I get, I try to get 12 or 13 hours on the weekend. And I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah, during the week, eight minimum, sometimes nine. I try. I mean, I, I go to bed early. And I, I said, how old are you? He's like, I'm 30. And he looked, I mean, this is the youngest looking guy I'd ever seen. And I do think that I, I can't prove this. It's not scientific. But I think you just, you age less when you, right?
1: Well, think, because there's multiple reasons there. He gets more sleep and yes, I'm sure that does help. But what is he not doing because he's sleeping? He's not out drinking all the time. Drinking ages you. He's not out, you know, doing a bunch of other stuff that ages you. Uh, I've, you know, I've met a couple people recently who, you know, just don't drink, have never drank. And every single one of them looks 20 years younger than their counterpart, right? Um, so I think that, that sleeping can lead to, have, to, to a bunch of other things. And, you know, they're, they're probably a lot more rested, so maybe getting more exercise, right? Like, more sleep is a trigger for a bunch of other probably really good habits for, for people,
0: I was using the sleep Watch app on iPhone. I endorsed it. I paid for it. It was good. It's one of the few apps I actually paid for. Got a lot of great data around it. It was very informative about like, hey, we've noticed over the last couple nights I would get messages like this you know we've we've noticed over the last couple of nights you sleep better when you go to bed by this time. Well that's actually the beginning of some really helpful technology right. in in that assistant of it, right It got me thinking now. For whatever reason, I didn't sleep as good with the watch on as I did with it off. I, you remember I told you at first I was wearing it for a while at night. And it was fine for a while. And then it I, I started feeling uncomfortable with it on. It it was a weird thing. It was like I could almost not it's like I could feel it was on and it was it was almost like it was buzzing all the time. It wasn't. You know, don't get me wrong, but that's it was almost like it was agitating me in my sleep, or I was worried about it, or I was thinking about it. And there was actually a reaction like when I would take the watch off at night, I wore it for, I don't know, a month, maybe, maybe two. And when I took the watch off, my, my, like I would feel like, like, interesting. Yeah, the weirdest thing. So I've stopped wearing it. I do wish, and I know there's some apps you can use that I like I could have my phone there and it would listen and it kind of gives you some sleep. Have you ever done any of those where it's listening to you or it's by it's somehow is um sensing or
1: Yeah, I've done the one where you put it on the corner of your bed and it senses movement in the bed. It was a lot harder though when there's when you're married and there's two of you in the bed, right? Cuz any movement Hannah, it didn't it couldn't distinguish between Hannah's movement and my movement.
0: Dumb. Justin says in the chat room, going to bed early, not going out. My childhood punishments are becoming my adult goals.
1: Right. I, know, I feel yeah. like we go through this with naps too. Like kids just throw a fit when they have to take a nap. I'm like, you know how much I would pay to be able to just take a nap in the middle of the work day, be forced to, and like yeah. not get to it. I, if I was forced to, my boss said, you had to take a nap. I'd be like, I love you.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, Tony says, "Indefinitely don't smoke. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to that as well. So, um, yeah, so I've stopped using the sleep app. I canceled the I, I canceled the the subscription. It was a buck ninety nine a month or something like that for that. But it man, what a big difference it is! And so a uh, couple couple things to think of. One is setting a Google alert if you're in the Google space. You can set an alert. You can do the same thing with Siri. There's a whole bunch of different ways to do this to just remind you go to bed. Like hey, it's ten o'clock. Um, I have a light. Uh, here, uh, in the overhead light is what we call it. So when I talk to the device and tell it to turn off, it tells turns off. that thing automatically goes off to bed at, or it goes off to bed, <laughs> it goes <laughs> off. It should go off to bed at 1230. That was one of those things that was like at one point in time, that was my minimum cutoff. Like, okay, that light goes off. I need to go to bed. Right. I should probably change that to like 1030 now that when it goes off. Okay. Like, dude, don't, don't do this. Go to bed. Um, there are some in the, on the iPhone, there's a, I think it's in the, in, in, there's a, is it in the fitness app or there's something, oh, it's in the time app, where you can go in and say, I want to get this much sleep and it will say, okay, <laughs> then you need to go to bed at this time and it'll start reminding you, right, uh, to do those things. Yep. I think sleep is one of those areas where this technology can help us the most. Somebody had mentioned in the chat room earlier about trying out those new bows, uh those those new bose earbuds and I haven't heard of those so sleep and, pods? yeah the, the new sleep pods that are out there I think that's what they're called and they they don't I'm a little hesitant they're super expensive like I think they're 245 or 300 bucks okay and um they they only play sounds to drown out snoring and yeah to drown out other people's snoring or noises right certain frequencies and supposed to be music. That's kind of supposed to be in that same snoring frequency. They're supposed to be small enough. I sleep on the side of my head, so they would have to not push into my ear. And nice. I'm skeptical. I got called out last week. Somebody called me out for, I think via Twitter or one of those for saying that, like the noise canceling, I think it was Tony who said um the, the noise canceling uh, earbuds work. Maybe it wasn't, but those work just as well. Cause I said, no, the only way it works is if you have cans, like you have to have cans to do noise canceling. Yeah. I don't need earbuds, but I don't, I'm not a big believer in noise canceling earbuds. I don't, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't not like sold. No, I'm not. But if you are, Hey, great works for you. I'm not buying them. You're not buying them for me. I'm not buying them for you. So however that works. Um, But that could be interesting, Mike, to think about, could you, you know, could you really get, I would prefer, just a white noise. I'm not sure I want to hear rain all night. Although over the last two weeks. That's, that's what off. we have
1: had. Which is kind of nice. like typhoon, hail. It's been guys, crazy. we had so much hail that one of our streets, they literally had to get out the plows because the hail was piled up about six inches high. Just so you guys know, it was, it's been a crazy week here in Nebraska.
0: Other Jim says his company gamified health. We do this, by the way, at Gallup too. And you can earn points for sleeping seven hours, bonus points for 10 and 20 days in a month. Yeah. And I think we, we have a very similar thing. Uh, we, we gamify all these different really healthy activities and you get money at the end of the year, uh, to do it, including a physical and going to the dentist. And we have sleep challenges and they have fitness challenges. It's super cool. So, um, I, I'm I'm just going to say it, guys, we just, we're not getting enough sleep. And uh, if you're feel if you're not feeling very good, most weeks or even on the weekends, maybe it's time to, you know, get a little more sleep, like go to bed, go to bed. It's the, I, too. I was it's finding out, I, I was monkeying around Mike with stuff that this is, it could be done another time. It could just be done another time. And so, um Yeah. So get out there and get that done. We had Rich Hay on the program. Geez, seems like a year ago now. Back in March, as we were talking about uh, the 1903 update for Windows 10. This is gonna affect a lot of you and it's released now. It's not showing up in all the update channels. So you might wanna check your you might want to check your PC if you're running Windows 10. And you're on the most current version. 1809 would be the last, uh, the last version available for you. I haven't seen it yet on any of my PCs show up here. Um, it's they're rolling it out, I think, to known configurations first, and then it'll come out as they as they know. Um, but Mike, it's that time uh, when we when we think we had Rich on, and I thought you know tonight it it might be a really um, might be interesting to kind of run through those update features. Again, to kind of think through, like, you know, what's coming, this is going to be the week, you can go force it to download. There's plenty of ways to do that. So if you want to get it done, I'm not going to do that. I have, my Surface Pro is running the, the, the uh, skip ahead or the, no, that's not what they call it, the fast ring. And uh, so I've been on uh, 1809 uh, for a while now with that. I'm sorry, 1903. But, Mike, a few things coming, and and we're, we're going to talk about this in the context of some of the updates, as well as what's going on around it. And one of them is a new light theme. But I wanted to ask you this, Mike, does it seem like every app has gotten a dark theme now? Or have you sensed that like dark theme is everywhere?
1: Especially in the Apple ecosystem. I mean, it was just that, that big push, right? That was their big marketing feature was dark mode. And then all the apps had to kind of update. So they had their own dark mode. You noticed quick the apps that didn't because you were in dark mode on your and All of a sudden you'd open an app and it was like blinding because they didn't have a dark mode. Uh, Yeah. So dark mode has definitely been the trend.
0: It is kind of nice. Um, I've been I enjoy running, it. I run it yeah, online. Yeah, I've been running Discord on the dark mode, which is super yep. cool. I flipped over Twitter, um, has really updated their app, by the way. If you have, if you use the twitter.com, or just their regular app, I think they've make it more they've made it more mobile responsive. Um so they have a dark mode. I turned it on, I had trouble reading. I mean, I was like, oh, uh, this is going to take me.
1: Turn on the light mode? This
0: is going to take me. No, it was on light. It was fine. Oh, okay. That's what I'm used to reading it on. I'm not sure it's the dark mode. I just think it was because it's a different
1: mode. Yeah. you know, I have mine. So on the Mac, you can have it gradually change throughout the day. So it's a mind. So it starts out in light mode and gradually we so start to get uh, the, the background, the desktop changes, and then it'll switch over to night mode for you. Gradually changing to
0: night mode. What is this wizardry?
1: That they do on a
0: Mac. Holy cow. Um, So uh, certainly light and and dark modes are everything now. A lot lot of folks are doing that. Very interesting feature that's coming uh, with this as well. It's called a Windows Sandbox, which is kind of one I've been testing on the Surface Pro. Pretty cool. Basically, what it does for you is just create uh, a sandbox environment of another Windows instance that you can bring up. Doesn't save state goes away as soon as you close it, takes a little while to spin up, uses a bunch of RAM to get it done. Um, It used to be a feature, and I think it's only on Pro. It's only available on Windows 10 Pro right now, Pro and Enterprise and some of those. But it it really is designed at people like, hey, I want to spin something up here pretty quick. I would not necessarily run Sandbox on a low-end computer. It's just you get what you pay for. Really designed for a box, a bigger box that's got ample RAM.
1: Um, is it some, okay. is it like an application while you're running your standard installation of windows or is it almost like a dual boot where you can boot it up into a sandbox? No, it's definitely an application, it's That's an application
0: box. It's an application
1: box. It's just like launching uh yeah. like a, Oh, what do you call it? I'm forgetting the name of the app that you can run to run VMs. Hyper-V. Yeah. Like Hyper V or something like that. Yeah. It built on Hyper V technology.
0: Um, it's just a quick way. You know, there are many people that the feedback they were getting was many people wanted to be able to say, hey, I want to try something out. I just want to spin up an instance of Windows. I want to run it on there. And if it destroys it, then I can just close it and everything goes away. Uh, Pretty quick. Um, It does, it can only run on a PC that has the virtualization technology, which are most PCs now. Lower any uh, any modern CPU. Lower end ones though. You're going to struggle with it. Um, it, So you want to make sure that's available there as well. And like I said, Somehow, Windows in the old, you know, we used to say a minimum of four, and now it's kind of requiring almost a minimum of eight gig of RAM on your box to really run well. Um, Most of that is because of Chrome. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to lie. Like, when I I close Chrome, everything, I get a whole bunch of memory back, which is super interesting that we used to rip on IE for that. And now uh, Edge is pretty efficient, although it won't be, as uh, this isn't part of the updates, but... If you haven't been following along, Edge will take on Chrome uh, as its rendering engine yeah, here.
1: It's going to be I pretty think, much a Chromium building.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're calling it Kredge, Uh And the um, it it's going to have the same memory problems. So uh, these browsers have gotten pretty big. So Windows Sandbox, I think for my audience, for our audience here, Mike, that's probably the most interesting uh, update that's coming to Windows 10 for some of the things that we do. Of course, as soon as you say it goes away when you're done, you want to keep it. You're like, "Oh, cuz I don't want this thing to spin up. It has to literally has to spin up and install each time you do it." Now they've got they've shortened it up, but um it it's basically installing a new instance of Windows when you when you open this thing up. And most people are like, "Oh, I just want to can can I just keep it?" <laughs> well, no, it's not what it's <laughs> That's, um, that's not what it's intended for. Another uh, fix or another change that's coming with 1903, you can uninstall more of the built-in apps. So a lot of folks, when they installed Windows, there's just a ton of crap. There's still a bunch of crap that comes with it, games, and even some of the the helpful apps that come with it, not everybody wants. And I think Microsoft is moving in that direction to do more and more options to uninstall whatever you want, for the most part. Like, get it down to the bare, kind of the bare bones. Mike, you're coming from the Mac side, as you think about Windows. Are you a guy, when you install Windows, you just start deleting things right away that came with it, or... or how do you handle your Windows installs?
1: Well, you got to remember. So for me, Windows are very, you know, limited purpose machines around my house. They're not my daily driver. So it doesn't bother me to leave all that in there because usually it's like it's my Sighthound box, right? It just sits in my rack, runs Windows and runs Sighthound Auto. I never actually interact with the machine. Uh, same thing with like a VM I have on Unraid used for very limited purpose. I fire it up every once in a while. So no, I don't I don't delete through things. Usually it's just get it up and running, get what I need installed on it and and, and go from there. Okay, but again, yeah. I'm a very edge use case type of person for Windows.
0: Well, I don't delete anything either. I'm not. I, I'm not a minimalist until I'm having problems, and then I start. Or I'm sitting around thinking, okay, I'm going to clean some stuff up. Those applications are not that big, so it's not like you're saving space in a lot of cases by deleting them. Right. Just clean some stuff up in the Start bo- Start menu, and some of those other kinds of things. So it is. Um, Justin says you can create a stripped ISO. Yeah, you can do that as well. There's a lot of ways. Um, a lot of ways to get that done. If you want to install it and have it kind of stripped down to begin with, there's a lot of tricks that you can do there. Uh, also coming, 1903, Cortana and Search are now separated. So they put those together a couple, I don't know, four or five versions ago, kind of put them together where now if you're, if you look down there, Cortana is part of the Search. And this is type here to search and little Cortana circle is there. 1903, that is completely moved out now, is completely separate, and you have some new options. Search gets really a new interesting look, where if you, um, uh, if you click into it, and this has actually been kind of coming this way with uh, some of the, even the versions of uh, of 1809, but you get some search apps, files, web results, and more, and you get, they're putting the most used things in that search bar for you. So, some updates coming. I think they're still kind of monkeying around exactly with that to figure out. What do people want? Um, I just liked it when you cl- when you hit the Windows key and just started typing. That was my favorite way to do search. Certainly ways to do that. They're cleaning up the start menu, and there's some changes being done to that. Um, there's a now a new, if you go into the, and this is kind of cool, especially if you're on a laptop, finding the brightness slider is a lot easier. So if you just pop over uh, into the, mm, don't know what the name of that thing is in the bottom right-hand corner, there is a brightness slider. So if you want to make it brighter or less brighter, uh, you can get that thing done. One of the things that Ian Dixon has been covering, and of course, Ian Dixon is important because Ian Dixon got Dave McCabe or Dave McCabe looked at Ian a lot in the early days of podcasting. Then I looked at Dave, so he's kind of like my grandfather, which is kind of weird. But um, Ian Dixon has been spending a lot of time in the mixed reality space. And so, There are some desktop apps for Windows Mixed Reality that is coming with this. And Microsoft has made some significant changes in just in the last year in the way they're approaching mixed reality. And I think we saw, as an example, we thought 3D Paint was coming and was going to replace Paint as an option or as a program. And there was a bunch of mixed reality built into that. The whole community went, well, you can't really do that. And they are like, oh, (laughs) we're just kidding. We're not going to do that. Paint's going to stay. Um, but Microsoft has made some changes into their thoughts about... Because, Mike, I don't think mixed reality or even virtual reality has taken off for the average guy like people thought it would. Don't you think?
1: I don't think so either. No. Uh, it was maybe in the gaming space, as you start to look at, like, PlayStation's VR offering, maybe in, in some of those very limited instances. But, no, especially mixed reality, definitely not... Uh, VR maybe. Um, so we'll see.
0: Yeah. So I still think we're a ways from VR working. I think it's going to take a completely different look at VR for it to work. I do think, by the way, we're going to be in, we're going to live in a world 20 years from now where VR, AR, mixed reality, whatever you want to call it is going to, is going to play a big part of what we do. I do. I do think it's coming. I think there's, Devices or experiences, I'm not sure it's things we wear. I think it's going to be in the, it's going to be on the walls. It's going to be built into, I mean, people are going to have mixed reality spaces where you come into them and things happen. Think of the holodeck on Star Trek. Not exactly like that. I'm not sure. <laughs> eh, maybe someday. But I, I'm not sure glasses or a glasses experience are going to be, at least initially, where we, where we really experience VR. Um, or or mixed reality or any of those kinds of things. So I think it's coming. Um, Microsoft wants to be a player in that space with the HoloLens and some of those other things that they're they're kind of working with. But um, we're starting to see more desktop apps for mixed reality in there as well. I think a big change, in Kyle will appreciate this. Uh, Kyle Wilcox got super mad one time when his wife's computer updated and rebooted, and he was like, I told that thing not to. He was super mad in our Facebook group. And Kyle, I totally understand and appreciate your anger on that. But Windows updates now let you pause updates. Now it's not perfect. And it, 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 I think it's, it's not as long as people would want. But I do see a move for Microsoft changing to more options on updates and less. So in the home version, for most people, you got no options. It was updating. You couldn't delay it. You couldn't want. And once you searched for it, it was happening. Like, it was probably the most aggressive update thing I've ever seen. The good news is, I think, for most people, Microsoft's moving away from that kind of methodology of forced updates. Good and bad, Mike. Um, I mean, I can think of a lot of scenarios. If you give people the option to never update,
1: I think they're going to take it, don't you think? And not even because I don't think they see it as an option. They just don't think about updating, right? Like most people don't. So you're right. You give, if you give them the ability to never update by never giving them any reminders or never forcing it upon them, they're not going to update.
0: Yeah.
1: And I just, well, and there's some of us, even in
0: my generation, where they lived through a day when Microsoft hosed a couple updates pretty bad. And they're like, you know what? I'm not going to ever do it. I'm just, it works. I want to shut it off. I'll be safe. I'll do things my way. And I don't, I don't know if that's a good world. This reaction of the hyper-update world that we live in now is actually a reaction to all those security problems that they had five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago. And Microsoft, like, never again, never again. And when they went from Windows 7 to Windows 8, there was a lot of a, a whole regime that started at Microsoft to say, we want to be a mobile, like, nobody like you have most of the time uh, iPhone might be a little bit different, the Android, it updates pretty frequently and the apps update pretty frequently. Um, there's kind of one of those things, uh, you know, um, we should be able to update. I, I think, I hope Microsoft is moving back to a once annual with one kind of fit and finish update. That's opposite of the main update. That seems to be my, if you think about your iPhone pretty much once a year, on updates don't you think for a major os or is it twice on the iphone
1: for the major or for the dot updates, uh, I, mean, updates? I would say you get three throughout the year three dots with one major okay. so we get a point release um uh we, you know a major release in the the, the point releases throughout the year.
0: Yeah, Justin is mentioning the 1809 update, which deleted files. That was very true. And so again, folks have been burned by this. And so they're like, "Eh, I'm just going to leave these things, kind of leave these things off. We're going to talk a little bit later in the show. I've been kind of uh, doing a lot of work in LastPass, and we're going to talk about that here. But Microsoft is making major improvements in their ability for a passwordless Microsoft account, whether that's coming in On a fingerprint reader or a Windows Hello Hello device, which, by the way, I thought every camera on the planet would be Windows Hello capable now, and it's not. Like, that is just not a, like, you know, when I say Windows Hello, it's facial recognition, right? It just looks looks at you. And they're not all compatible, huh? No, well, I thought every webcam and every camera built in. I would have thought so, too. No, no, you have to have a special... Still, you have to have kind of a special camera to make it work. Many of the newer high-end laptops have them built in. There's just a handful of webcams that work. I does mean, like a the, C920 work? No. No. Really? It does not. No. Uh-uh.
1: What more does no. it need? I mean, I think um, of a C920 is a pretty high quality yeah, camera. Yeah,
0: apparently it needs some depth analysis to it. So it's going to okay. need, I think that needs multiple cameras. And, okay. And maybe able to sense some heat in there, something like that. Uh, currently, it says you can create a Microsoft account without a password by simply entering a phone number as your username and a code that will be sent to your mobile number to initiate a login. Once Windows 10 is logged in, you can then use Windows Hello or even a PIN to log into your PC. By the way, a PIN is a great way to do it. And that PIN is tied to the device. Not So it's not like a password. It's got to be a PIN you used on that device. And if you have two-factor turned on, it, then it sends a message to the phone that says, Hey, I'm logging in. Can you, will you, will you validate this login? It's kind of messy still. I mean, passwords are still kind of messy. Yeah. Don't you think?
1: Uh, totally. Cause I know you've been doing a lot of work in LastPass. It's so funny you say that cause I've been doing a lot of pass in Bitwarden.
0: Really? Yeah. I yeah, Love okay. it. What's, what's, what kind of drove that? What's been driving you to that work?
1: Uh, mainly because I have it now on all my machines. It works great. Um, and to be honest, I had just never spent the, t- so I switched from last pass to Bitwarden. No really rhyme or reason. They're both very similar. Uh, I had just never taken the time to input stuff in Bitwarden. but, uh, so I got on this kick lately. So, NextCloud, Jim, I've mentioned NextCloud, I think, on every single episode for the past two months. I just love it. And I can't get enough. And Hannah has totally bought in. We are on NextCloud for all of our stuff. And we've been really utilizing shared folders, um, shared calendars. Uh, everything like that. So now I'm like, okay, man, that was really a game changer. Once we both committed and got onto one platform, we started sharing stuff with each other and we can share recipe books and things like that. I'm like, well, you know, a password manager, it has this ability. I just never got into it. So I started really just diving in heavy to organizing my passwords, putting in credit card information, putting in each of us as a contact with our social security number, things like that with, you know, cause it's secure. Um, it's locked down, it's encrypted, so I, I trust it, and with, with my instance of Bitwarden, it's actually internally hosted. So it's hosted in my home. Um, it's not hosted in the cloud anywhere. So uh, it just got really into this sharing password, sharing everything and getting it all set up for Hannah and I to really just be more efficient. Um, we were going through doing some applications for some things together that we're doing some bank stuff. And I was like, man, it would just be so much easier because she was always asking me the password. And so after about the third time, I'm like, you know what? I just need. We didn't. We need to take advantage of the technology we have and fully utilize it. So, so that was really what drove it for me. But what about you with all your work in LastPass? Yeah, well, it, it was.
0: It was driven by. I did the health, you know, the health screening, and and I also I got an email. What kind of prompted it is I got an email about which account was it? Um, it doesn't really matter. I got one of those emails that says, "Hey, some someone's logged into your." Let's we'll call it Uber. Somebody logged into your Uber account in Saudi Arabia. Oh you know? yes. And I'm like, oh. I got really? that with
1: Twitch recently. Maybe a Twitch it was, account was getting was logged Twitch. in from like everywhere. It and was which Twitch. was odd because yeah, I have I have two factor turned on. So I have no idea if it was a glitch with Twitch, but for about two weeks there I was getting a bunch of emails saying it was but I'm like I have two factor turned on super weird. So I don't know. Okay.
0: Well, I'm glad you said Twitch. I just couldn't remember which one it was. And I went, that's weird we that we both got hit with that. I went into the history. I'm like, okay, well, did somebody buy things? Like what can, <laughs> and that's what what I can you for really too. do?
1: Nothing. Right. They like, didn't what do can it? You really do So Twitch? I changed my stream key. So they couldn't yeah. stream from that account because they could go in and they could get your key. And if they plug it into any app, then they have the key. They never need to log into your account again. They could always stream to it. Yeah. So I reset the stream
0: key. I checked my like gamer scores, like maybe somebody gaming, and did I get some extra points or
1: something, (laughs) (laughs) or
0: get some, you know, get some of that? Um, Your your Bitwarden, uh, they have a free account and a premium at ten dollars a year. So very very similar to to LastPass from
1: that. Or you could self host it. Okay, and I run it in a Docker on Unraid on
0: Unraid. Yeah, it's a good way to do it. And so you, you don't pay the premium, you take the premium services and host them yourself. Hey, $10 a year, Mike, to be honest, it's that's so cheap. Like, oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I think both. Um. So I got that Twitch notification and then I was like, oh, and then I was like, you know, I wonder. So I went and ran the security thing and then I really started digging in and looking at like, all right, how many passwords am I reusing? By the way, many of the passwords I had been reusing were part of a compromised password not long ago. In other words, hey, we, you're this password that you're hashed, that you have hashed in there, is showing up in other places. And uh, I was like, oh, like, okay, so one, I got to stop using that password. It kind of becomes the right. one when I set up a new account. It's kind of the one I use and to, to determine, am I going to use this account or not? I, I had the same thing. Yep. It just doesn't get changed from time right. to time. It's something had gotten compromised and it showed up in some places. Um, and so it was, um, I thought, you know, I just, I need to just lock this down. I was like 72%. So I spent the last couple nights this week, staying up late, going back to our sleep conversation and going through, and it's no small task. Um, I have 900 different things in there that, right. That it's keeping track of. The other thing it did is it, it caused me to rethink like how many accounts do I have on things and do I just need to close some of them? Like, I started some social things three or four years ago that um, I, I just don't use anymore and, and they don't need to be there. And so if I can log in and close them, awesome. Many of the services like Clamor, we talked about Clamor as a service. Actually, don't go to Clamor.com because it's it's been hacked. And you'll get that. This is Microsoft telling you to call us at, you know, really loud to you've you have viruses and malware on your computer. Um so you, you um, can, um, you can fi- start finding these things and just start kind of cleaning up your, right, cleaning up your digital space. What do you have? Where is it at? It's like, it's like, for me, I need to go through my credit card statement, too, and be like, you know, how many subscription services have I forgotten about that are out there? They don't, they don't need to be running anymore, probably, yep. like Plex, <laughs> uh, just to be honest. Um and so, yeah, and another Jim saying a big Docker break uh, in an announcement this week. Yeah, there was a a Docker insecurity issue, and I can't remember what it is now. But, um, yeah, Mike, it was just one of those things to start. Like, I've been using LastPass for seven years, and I was like, okay, I need to clean, clean I need the- to clean some of this stuff out. Right. The other, the other thing I want to do is start moving some of my two factor onto LastPass
1: because it backs it up. Like you're, this is, this yeah. is what you like, right? I still the, use LastPass for the authenticator. Yeah.
0: The multi-factor yeah. authenticator gets backed up. And so if something happens to your phone, you install the app, it's there again. Yeah. And you don't have to redo all those again. I probably have a half. No, I probably have a dozen and a bunch of them are crypto two factors that are sitting in the Google authenticator that I don't Is that, that's not backed up. Right. Or is it, do you it's, know?
1: It's backed up from your iOS um, backup. Okay. So when you do a backup to the cloud, it does back up that, but if you were to switch to Android or if you were to lose your phone and not do some, if you didn't restore from a backup,
0: you're going to lose it. Yeah. So one of the other steps I'm going to be doing is going to each of those sites. Another good, another good reason, like I said, many of them are crypto that I'm not even sure they're working anymore, but do I still want to be here? And do I just need to close this down? I'm not, if I'm not going to use this anymore, can I deactivate the account right. and, then, and then kind of wipe that out? So um I imagine for you, the other thing I need to kind of practice is the, the reason I have the premium for LastPass is the, if I die. Okay. So can Sarah get to my stuff and is that all set up and is that working? And does she know what to do?
1: And yep. That was a big yeah. reason for us. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Would. With- Hannah would not have had access to any of those accounts um, without my list of passwords. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's something worth practicing. I've mentioned before, I've got this kind of death book that has instructions on what to do with life insurance and some of those other kinds of things. We've been spending time, uh, I get as part of our EAP service, we get the ability to use uh, Quicken's Willmaker. And so it's, you know, it's been 15 years since we've done a will, so it's probably time to to do that. We went through two questions, and th- they were so difficult to answer, we haven't come back to them yet. So we need to, you know, it's one of those mental things. You don't want to really want to think about this, so you kind of just stop thinking about it. Um, we've got some things to do. So Justin says he's found it incredibly hard to close accounts. It seems that with most, most providers, they don't seem to have that option without emailing them. And Justin and I find that very, very true. Like, these services have not been made to leave. Google's a little bit different. Facebook's a little bit different because they've been forced. Microsoft, too, if you want to get your data back out of there and close them, they've made it easy. But that's only because they've been kind of forced to do that. Right. Some of the smaller ones, not, not so much. You know, it, kinda, it does. It takes a while. Shoot, I found with some of the accounts, it was hard to find even
1: where to change your password. And I found one I couldn't.
0: Like, and I try, uh,
1: try canceling a subscription to a newspaper. Oh, That's yeah. impossible.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Mike, um, I think whether it's a Bitwarden or a RoboForm or a LastPass or a 1Password, I think we're, we're at parity, just to be honest. I don't know if there's anything better than anything else. I don't think there is either. Yeah. You need to be using something.
1: If you're paying a lot, though, for your, that's one thing I've noticed. Some have still kept up with a pretty high price. Maybe think about switching to, because now it, how, you know, it's kind of become commoditized where that you you should be, you shouldn't be paying much for your password manager. Yeah.
0: Well, and, you know, uh, I think there's some chat going on, you know, getting things closed where you can't, you know, if they won't stop charging you, you can call Visa, MasterCard, whatever your card and say, Hey, can you just, would you block that? from coming in, they'll, they'll block it as fraud at that point. And depends where you're, what country you're in, by the way, and the service you have and the credit card service. So, um, you know, your results might vary, but that could be another option too, if you need to get things kind of cut off. Mike, not a bad idea to go through and kind of review your, kind of what you're doing from a password standpoint, since we're no longer sponsored by LastPass. And I don't, so this isn't a commercial for them so because they're sponsorous us. Now it's just something I use. Um, well, we don't have Amber on her. She used to scare the bejesus out of me every time she was here. Right. And then I'd spend the weekend uploading the podcast and changing all my passwords. We haven't had her on in a while. So um, I haven't changed my passwords. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. If you're if you're not doing it, get it done. One of the stories stories we skipped just real quick as we think about the Windows two two quick Windows things, we got so excited about passwords we went right to it. One is and uh, is that now you can um, if you're on iOS and you have the Microsoft Excel um, app installed on there, you can take a picture of a spreadsheet and it imports it in as a spreadsheet, which I think is pretty cool. Like now. Most spreadsheets, aren't they don't fit all on one screen. Like, you know, I don't know how super practical this will be, but that's kind of cool,
1: don't you think? At least it gives you a starting point, right? So that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. No, I thought that was super cool. And then uh, Brian alerted me to this uh, in the Facebook group this week that Bitcoin officially mainstream now is Microsoft Ads Excel
1: currency as an option. Woohoo! We're official, Mike. Woo-hoo. All right. Finally, about time we become official.
0: I was wondering, I was using just dollars and, or I was using BTC now in Excel. I can just make all the millions in Bitcoin that I've lost of, <laughs> available uh, in Excel. And so super cool. Brian, thanks for posting that in the Facebook group. Appreciate uh, that piece um, as well. Always good to hear from you guys out there. One of the things we say on the podcast is news reviews, product updates, and conversation all for the average tech guy. It's one of the things I say every single week is we do this 404 times. We've said it. Uh, we like to spend some time. Uh, tonight was one of those examples, Mike behind the scenes. We kind of got here and went, "What are we <laughs> going to talk? Now we made it. Like we made it, right? We always do. We made it. Um, but we got to the night and I was like, and I started looking for some material to pull out of the what we call conversation. That's in our notes that shows up as conversation is stuff we want to bring in from you. And Brian, thank you for your input on both the uh, Bitcoin and, and this we're talking about this printer uh, idea or this uh, scanner uh, idea that's out there. I'd love to have more of that from you. So don't forget, it's gotten a little quiet. Crickets, hashtag crickets. Uh, if, if you'd like us to talk about some things, if you want to bring it in, I I want to bring it into the show. Either drop that into the show. We have a um, home gadget geeks channel. Is that what we call it in discord? Is it called the channel? Uh, server. S- well, no, the, the actual hashtag. Oh, those s- are channels. Yes. channels. We have a yeah. home gadget geeks channel. Or if you put it in the general channel and it's asking a question, we'll bring it into the show. Same thing on the Facebook group. So averageguy.tv slash discord, averageguy.tv slash Facebook gets you to either one of those groups. You can do either or we'll keep that. We're not, well, I'm not going to ditch either one. They both are doing very, very well. And we appreciate uh, you guys getting it done. Mike, anything else that uh, any other, you've had a non-tech week and I kind of did too, but anything else I missed?
1: I have no, not this week, but I'm actually getting excited. WWDC is this coming week, so we'll have that's Apple's uh worldwide developers conference. And so, while we will have some announcements next week, maybe we'll cover some of the you know what Apple has has released, what they've talked about. You know, they've they've now changed that where WWDC they used to put out some hardware announcements, but now they are strictly developer-focused, and I think that seems to be a trend now with Google and Microsoft doing the same things. they are actually gone back to their developer conferences being developer conferences, not focusing on a lot of flashy hardware, not doing that. It's it's tr- truly for uh, developers and the, and the software, but we'll get a sneak peek at the next iOS uh, release, and we'll see what's what's to come with the Apple. So I'm excited for that. So my next week will be probably more tech-focused. Yeah.
0: You, going into summer, you know, summer's changed. Kids are home. Uh, any new, any new technology you're thinking about installing? Any new home automation stuff that you're looking forward to? Any, any kind of new stuff there?
1: Uh, in the garage, I, I need to figure out the garage door opener situation. Uh, with you know, summer meaning more road trips, being gone more, in and out of the house, to figuring out something there. And and getting a solution that actually works well, I do want to be able to open and close it. So I, I just need to... It's been a while since I've looked at that space on now what the current lineup of, of offering is for the garage door. Other than that, Jim, it's a lot of YouTube because summer is my time to get projects done. And so it's, it's YouTubing how to fix XYZ or how to do this. Uh, I have a section of fence that I need to... Uh, fix. The owner before me had cut out a piece so he could fit his lawnmower through it. Well, now he cut it so thin that the post ended up just snapping. And so a little part of my fence is leaning a little, little too far for uh, for my liking. So having to do projects like that, right? Getting out in the summertime and getting that stuff fixed.
0: One of the things I tried, so on my birthday, this is stupid, but I did it anyway. Sun, that Sunday morning, uh, I had some time. So I went out and re- I started replacing uh, our We have some stairs in the front of the house, and we have a railing that's twenty years old, maybe more. Let's say it's twenty-two. And it, as I was taking it apart, I realized the only thing that was holding it together was one post and the railing itself. Like the two, two of the three had broken completely off and were leaning over. Okay. And I had, I had put wedges in there because they had leaned over and leaned in. I put wedges. Gradually. It was a mess. Concrete. It was awful. So. Sunny mo- morning, I went down, pulled them out. Fortunately, the guy who did the work before didn't use very much concrete, which is always great. Like, you hate pulling out posts when they got a lot of concrete. On oh, them. yeah. So, pulled the post, got some things done, did some math, got some things organized. It's on a heel, so you got angles. And now multiple angles. I got to get the posts lined up straight. I got to get them evenly spread out. Um, you know, I got to do some things to make it look good. So, I get all that done. And I tried the new foam for for post hole setting. Have you? No, I haven't.
1: This is gonna be a lifesaver though, because I need this.
0: Okay, so this could save you. So it's a little more expensive. You can probably get two bags of concrete if you're doing a post. It's probably gonna take two bags of concrete. That's like seven cents. Like concrete, super cheap, right? For a big five pound bag, it's not terribly expensive. It's probably three bucks. Let's just in Menards. So you're in six dollars for for a little bit of concrete. It, at worst this is 11 so a little more expensive but Still, it's eleven dollars <laughs> okay It's so
1: 11 the process here so
0: it comes in two it comes in a in a in two the bags are connected but it has a plastic um roll you know a, a long um just a roller thing okay. and then a clip over it that keeps the two sides separate right so it, when you, you then you so you pull that off put it down i lay it on the fence you can roll it over the fence you know you can sh- sh- to mix it up i just put it on top of the railings and smooshed it around for 30 seconds until all that stuff got mixed up. Then you, no tools, peel the corner off, pour it into the po- into the hole and back away. And it starts foaming. I mean, it starts, it's close cell foam. So there's, it's not letting off a lot of gas or a lot of those kinds of things. Okay, And it, and over the course of about 10, 10 minutes, it fully forms, fills up the hole. The hard part is you don't exactly know like based on hole size and like, you you can't predict if the foam is going to come
1: out of the hole or is it going to stay yeah. in the hole, it's right? The type of foam that you could, I mean, trim it off though, if you need no, it. I mean, totally. Kind of, okay.
0: Yeah. Just a regular saw. So yeah. I had a hole where I, I shot, I way overshot. I put way too much in. So I just took a little hand saw, pop, cut that stuff around the hole down to what I wanted to do. And it looked great. Those posts are as secure. Like when you grab them, you cannot tell it's foam. You're thinking like, seriously, can foam really hold these posts? Exactly.
1: Yeah. That was my question. Yeah.
0: It's for a fence.
1: And even after rain and water
0: and. well, We've had, it's rained a bunch of times. It does not, it it doesn't absorb the water and the dirt goes right over it. No problem. It packs down well. It fits, you know, fits around things. It'll fill in. Voids if you have them. Um, I'm I'm sold. I'm never going to do a concrete post. The other thing they advertise on the box is that it um it'll waterproof around the the wood. So today, if you put concrete in a post, that concrete and that wood react, and that that wood rots faster. Okay. When when you when you do that, especially the treated stuff, this doesn't this kind of waterproofs that wood, and so you probably have less rot. Uh, around that that piece than you would if it was uh, if it was concreted in so um, i put rock on the bottom i put so i I have some p p gravel that i put on the bottom put the things down got them where i wanted put some you know i i kind of made some holders that held the post exactly where i wanted it plumb on both sides right in the right spot you know i kind of made that yeah and then fill it up walk away
1: I think I've got my weekend project.
0: Dude, it's I mean,
1: Gave me. Uh, maybe I'll wait till it dries out a little bit here. But
0: I. I um, wouldn't. I wouldn't even wait. No. Well, no. the only thing about it drying out, of course, that foam is going to expand into whatever spot it is. Wet soil is going to move a little bit more than dry soil would. Right. Uh, six to one, half into a dozen to the other. I don't think you have to wait. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's it's, fe- yeah. it's it's that post. And it's slowly because you're right. It's that concrete. I'm. I don't know how much concrete they use though. So that'll be the. Dig That'll it out, but term. you don't
0: have to. You don't have to dig the concrete out. Just pour the foam in around. So dig around the concrete and leave it. Well, I mean, you can take it out if you think. I mean, concrete and wood are not great together, right? Right. So if you can get it out, great. If it gets to be a pain in the butt and you're just trying to make that post stand up right again, get All, some.
1: A whole new post. This oh, post, because yeah. he, he cut the post in half, it's a whole reason it it it's starting to come apart because he cut it at the bottom so he could get his mower in. And now that, that it's no longer a supportive post, it doesn't work. So need mm-hmm. to replace yeah. the whole post. And yeah. I, with PD, I have to do it kind of an all in one big project, right? Get it all done at once. Cause he has that doggy door to the back and I can't have, I can't have no fence there. Uh,
0: Tony's asking what's our frost line. Isn't that like 48 inches or something like that? Is it a four foot? I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Somebody Google Nebraska frost line. I don't know. Um, so I can't speak for winter heaving, you know, this is, this is some of the things you have to think about when you're putting a post in heaving, um, those kinds of things going on. I can't speak to that at this point, but dude, talk about an ease, super easy. And it's a fence post for God's sakes. It's not like it's the foundation of my house. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, it was in, um, it, it was amazing. So little, little, I think that's a, that's a home gadget uh, when you're thinking about kind of new technology to help you put these posts in. I watched some um, Facebook or I watched some YouTube videos before I did this. I was like, okay, does this stuff really work? You know, so, you know, some mixed reviews on it and, and I'm sold now. I'm sold like super easy. And they are, they are in, like, it is like, they are not going anywhere. So pretty, uh, pretty pumped about that. Give it a try. If you're doing a quick repair, it's super easy, super easy to get that done. So um, pretty cool. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern out here at the average guy TV live slash live. couple reminders uh, before you go. Uh, don't forget, uh talked early in the show about if you're interested in in, you know, this kind of community thing on a very expensive scanner. Uh, let me know, Jim at the average Or if you got better options, you've got something, maybe you've got something. Let me know, Jim at the average um, If you want to join the Discord group, uh, the average slash Discord, Facebook group would be the average slash Facebook. Easy way to get there. Jim at the average If you want to send me that email, don't forget the average platform, web and media hosting powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high speed hosting from people that you know and trust. Of course, that's Christian. And so get more information, plans start as little as $10 a site, maplegrovepartners.com. That's a monthly subscription out there as well. And don't forget, you can download the mobile app. Thanks to all those on Patreon. We had a new Patreon subscriber this week, and I always appreciate you guys when you do that. You don't have to, but uh, in this case, kind of helps do things like buy printers, if that's what we're going to do as a community group. So Appreciate you getting that done, and uh, and thanks for doing that um, as well, Mike. Tonight, uh, I came home and Samantha was hello freshing it in the kitchen by herself. And um, I said, "So I pop in the kitchen like I always do. What do you need help with?" And she goes, "Got it."
1: You are like, "Yes, like, the whole that's thing." That's what I love to hear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like the whole thing, you know? What she's like, I got this whole thing. I am like, "You doing it by yourself?" Yeah. And so to her, she says tonight the sous chef became the set, the chef. And I was like, nice. And again, this, it's just the gift for us. It's just the gift that keeps giving. I cannot tell you how great it's been just to have these options. Like to, to, we've done this, you know, at first it was just kind of like, so Sarah and I would have food. (laughs) like We would actually cook a meal and it was because it was looking pretty bleak. And as we've done this, we've had, you know, we've expanded the meals they've given us. We've used those cards again and made our own meals. We've like, it just, it's got, it's been super great and it's worked really, really well for us. So if you're struggling with that and that area of meal planning, again, just let me know. Jim at the TV. I'll ship you out a code. Get you a free week, a whole free week. I don't get, I'll make anything off this, but it's been so great for us. We appreciate it. We're live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, stay around for a smidge, a smidge of crypto. Um, even though we seem to jinx it every Thursday, Mike, I got a strategy for that. So okay. that'll be, that'll be in the crypto post show. Uh, so if you're listening live, don't go anywhere. I've got some secrets. I got some crypto secrets for you and uh, we'd love to have you hang around with that. We'll say goodbye, everybody.